out here on the farm, I have the more rare opportunities to speak to kids. And I've noticed that I see the most kids on days when the schools are closed. Of course. So this past Monday was President's holiday. I gotta do something with these kids. <laughs> right. So a wise mom brings them out to a farm where they dig in the dirt mm -hmm. and they feed the chickens mm -hmm. and they see gardens. And so... See the new rabbits? Yeah. The sheep, sheep will put a show on for you. Totally. But I got into a conversation with this one young man and he was, I think, second grade. Okay. And he was attentive, intelligent, interested, kind of quiet at first, although once he got really warmed up, when we started digging in the potato patch, getting into it, he loved the little roly-poly bugs. Yeah. And he would catch those, uh -huh. and I would say, oh my gosh, you got a roly-poly there? And he goes, well, actually, I can't remember what it's called, but it's different than a roly-poly. It's a different kind of roly-poly. I was like, oh, that's probably like whenever I pointed at the yellow, you pointed at the yellow jacket, which I told you, oh, I don't think that's a yellow jacket. I think it's a paper wasp, but it looks very similar. And he was like, oh, yeah. Then we're digging up the grubs, and he loved getting the grubs. And even more than that, we're treasure hunting, and I'm teaching him, okay, you got to be really gentle when you knock the dirt away to make sure that you don't break the sweet potatoes. This is the same mound where the snake issue came from last Ooh. last week, right? I talked about the snake that scared me. <laughs> so he was like real excited to find a snake because we did find the hole where the snake must have been living, like a really nice big hole a in there. A den. Yeah, a den, exactly. So we're out there, we're walking along, and I'm explaining to him about the mulch, and all of a sudden I go, hey, have you heard that trees talk to each other? No. And I was like, they haven't told you that at school yet? No. Well, they do. I said, in fact, they have like an internet. You see this stuff down here on the ground, this wooden chunks of stuff? Well, imagine if you were in a forest and all of the leaves and any broken down trees or anything like that fell down on the ground. And then down underneath the ground, you'd start to see like mushrooms. And then if you pull back the leaves and all the stuff, you'd start to see these little white hairs that are growing in the soil. Well, that's the internet. And that's how the trees speak to one another. It's like the World Wide Web underneath. It's a web network underneath the soil. So I kind of pulled my stuff back and I kind of dug it up and I showed him like how this stuff all grows and how it's alive. And I said, you know how sometimes there's a forest fire? Yeah. You know, and I said, well, I don't know if you know this, but one tree can tell another tree there's a fire coming. And you need to protect yourself by making lots of seeds so that you can make babies. Because if you burn down the seeds that land in the soil, there might make another tree behind you. So that's kind of how trees act when they speak to one another. I said, do you know how if you over at your farm have a lot of eggs and over at my farm, I have a lot of butter, but you need to call me on the phone or even send me a text and you say, hey, I've got a lot of eggs, but I need some butter. If I bring you some eggs, will you give me some butter? I was like, that's how we talk, right? And he was like, yeah, that's exactly how the plants talk. And they use the World Wide Web, the mushrooms, the mycelium to talk. But instead of sharing butter and eggs, they're sharing calcium and nitrogen. And they're sharing it underneath the soil. And his mom looked at me and she was like, oh. <gasps> 
oh my god you're a genius <laughs> just like was so impressed with the way you know that i could tell this story and i said to him i said you know what here's the deal they're going to teach you that at school someday they're going to tell you did you know that trees can talk and when they tell you that story you raise your hand and you say I've heard this story before and you tell them about the butter and the eggs and you see if you can help the teacher tell the story about how trees talk. And it reminded me of you talking about the Come On, Come On movie where the little boy tells about how the trees talk to each other. Living where we do and the access we have to nature in a way that we did not have, although we did try to recreate a portion of that in our backyard oh, yeah. back in the city. Yeah. I do learn something every time I'm in it. Yeah. The rabbits, I'm learning so much. I think we have so much to learn with about the chickens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. With the chickens, I continue to learn so much. Yep. You creating an indoor grow area with the grow lights for the little baby seeds that yep. you grow. I have so much to learn. I learn so much. <laughs> well, I learn so much from what you're up to out here. So are you saying I teach you things? You teach me things. Do I teach you things? I th yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. You definitely teach me no, things. No, you definitely teach me things. And it's because the gardening is yours. I help. I, I, you point I and tell me to do tasks. Gardening. I think it's the regeneration. It's the land management. It's the science of plants. It's the horticulture. It's that side of things. Like I get excited about the animals, but what I get excited about related to the animals is the land. Does that make sense? It, oh, it does to me. And you, I think you do get more excited about the animals you know, you get excited about caring for the animals, understanding what makes them tick, the interesting sex things that occur with them. Like you're very like well, intrigued okay, okay. by... I've got my hands in the dirt with the animals maybe more than you do. And you've got your hands in the dirt of yeah. the land maybe more than I do. Yeah. Well, I like to teach. I can tell you that. And these Mondays have been really great, but they're really about garden healing. And they're really about me calling out to people and saying... You know, hey, this is a thing that's going on with me. This is what I'm learning. These are things we're talking about on the podcast. And earlier in the day, a mom who homeschools her kiddos, she came out and said just like as soon as she got out of the car, she was like, hey, Aislinn. And she said her name and she said, do you remember me? We met, you know, it's probably been 12 years ago or something like that. And oh my gosh, your email. We sent out a couple of emails where I had gotten really personal with what's been going on with me and why I heal in the garden and why I'm committed to this day of opening up the farm. What is this about? Well, you also mentioned, and this spoke to me, there is a feeling out there. Yeah. A feeling of unease, a feeling of mental unrest, a, a feeling, feeling of, of physical sickness. Physical sickness. Everything we've been talking about over the last several weeks about your autoimmune protocol and how many people are contacting you yeah. to say, it has not been spoken to me like that before, but that is exactly what I'm going through. All I'm saying is this is what I'm dealing with and these are the things that are making me feel better. Mm. Want to come give it a try? Yeah. Garden healing has been a thing. When I did my TEDx talk in 2020, it was my garden is a sanctuary. That was just the beginning of me saying, hey man, this pandemic thing has led me to understand that we all need a sanctuary for healing, mind, body, spirit. And the garden has been that place for me. The farm has been that place for me. And I have made this commitment with God that I'm going to be here and if you want to be here and you find anything that I am saying helpful, comparable to what you're going through, 
please come and join me. And people are coming out. They are reaching out to me. And this woman showed up and she basically said, like, I'm, I'm practically in tears here because your story spoke to me and I have had to quit my job because my health has been so poor and I just can't seem to keep up. And the stress levels, and that's a big deal with the autoimmune stuff. It's the stress that takes us down into the desperation point where mm -hmm. we just cannot go any further. Mm -hmm. It's not just that we feel bad all the time. It's that we are... We're so stressed out. We can't do our jobs anymore. We're sick. Our bodies are sick. We're mentally ill. We don't feel like we have any connection to what makes us feel inspired and joyful anymore. And it's a point of desperation that we just start looking for the answers. And all I'm doing is speaking my truth and doing everything I can in a way to be in wisdom and discernment, being in prayer every morning, doing my Qigong, doing my daily spiritual practices, making sure that I get out and get the outside fresh air, sunlight, all those things that are the healing parts of the garden. And then sharing with other people what I'm doing and simply saying, number one, on Mondays, I'm here. Come join me. Number two, I'm doing lives on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm doing all kinds of stuff everywhere where I'm sharing this information. Two days ago, I did a super long, beautiful live about weeding where I actually read a chapter in a book that was a fantastic read that just literally brought me to tears while I was alive. These little pieces of information that are my efforts of teaching, what I'm feeling, what I'm learning, what I'm seeing as my truth, what I'm aligning with as I get into these moments of prayer and what I'm being told and called to lead, right? And so these Mondays have been really good for me and it's been nice to be able to get the feedback, the feedback on the lives, the feedback where there I am in the grocery store doing a live where I'm actually talking and then people show up to the grocery store to actually meet me there in person so that they can actually see what's in my shopping cart and be there face to face with me. Mm. And so these are many opportunities where, you know, listening to the podcast where you can just get some of this stuff from us. But also know that I do have a coaching and consulting business and I would be happy to work private with you as well and specifically speak to the things that are specifically challenging you. And I totally want to share what we have going on out here with your children because the only way for them to have a real understanding of the value of the sweet potato French fries that she made for dinner that night was for him to be out here digging with me in the soil, picking the bugs, and then treasure hunting for sweet potatoes, and then taking sweet potatoes home. And so I'm grateful to have these opportunities to teach and to share what I have, the gifts that God has given me, but also to see moms really listening and really trying and really connecting with opportunities for healing for themselves and for their children as well. And dads too. It's not just moms. It just happened to be that day. It was moms. You mentioned that movie, Come On, Come On, mm -hmm. which I said two years ago was my favorite movie of the year. That's right. And we do that every year on another podcast that I do with a couple of buddies called Beer and a Movie. You can guess what it's about. But this time of year, we do our Bammies episode, beer in a movie, Bammies. Bammies. Our top movies, our top performances, our worst movie of the year, favorite beers that we had throughout the year. So I'd like to share, like I do every year, right Fun. here before the Oscars, my top five movies of the year. I'm excited. Let's go. You've seen three of them. 
Share them with me. Number five, a horror movie every year. Number five, Barbarian. This one you did not see. No, no. This one I doubt you ever will. That's not very healing for me. Oh, yes. This is a (laughs) ongoing conversation Mm. here on the podcast. Mm. The Last of Us. That one. Oh, that's so good. It's gotten so good, you guys. You got to watch it if you're not watching it yet. I'm ready for those mushroom people to come back, though. Yeah, I'm okay if it's just a good story. Really good. Number four. Now, this is a movie that I'm going to watch with you when it comes out on streaming. It's called Triangle of Sadness. It is nominated for Best Picture. Okay. Isn't that one already out? No? I don't think it is on streaming, but if it is, we should watch it as soon as we can. This is a movie about the ultra wealthy on a yacht. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the yacht... There's something happens uh-huh. and they a few of them get stranded on a deserted island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden all of their wealth means nothing. Right. It becomes about who's got skills to keep us alive. Oh yeah. And there's a flip. Uh-huh. This sounds exactly like my kind of movie. Now in the <laughs> midst of it is a lot of humor. There's a vomit scene that Woody is just unpa- he is the captain yeah, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. boat. Uh-huh. Triangle of Sadness. We'll watch that one soon. But you've seen the next three. Number three, The Banshees of Inishirin. Great. Loved it. I also said on that Bammies episode that Colin Farrell was yes. my performance of the year of all of the movie performances. That's how we do it. Colin Farrell had a great year and he's I like him a lot. His eyebrows alone him. deserved the Bammy. <laughs> In that movie. Hilarious. But that's the one where we talked. He's very handsome. I think we talked about it here. That's the one where they're on an island off the coast of Ireland during a civil war in like the 1920s. And his best friend that they go drinking at the pub every night. There's nothing to do on this island. The pub is it. There is no internet. There is no telephone. There is no TV. Says to him, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And you need to leave me alone. And he has to then process, well, why? What? What did I do? Uh-huh. And then it gets really odd and strange. And it's. I learned when I watched it with you the second time that all of this is taking place on an island near a real civil war is really, really important. The things that we fight about. Uh-huh. Right. And here on this island where there is no need for this fight at all. The uh-huh. things that we fight about. Uh-huh. And the movie's just gorgeous. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Number two, Tar. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really like that one a lot, too. This is the movie that if you're judging all movies in 2022 based on the filmmaking technique and prowess and cinema, this wins for me. Mm. It is such a compelling, layered, deep story that asks so many questions but gives you absolutely no answers. And it required two viewings for me to really understand exactly how amazing it was. Tar. Mm-hmm. It's about cancel culture, but like even more than about cancel culture. It's about... Kind of like when we talked about Elvis, mm-hmm. about how we lift these people up and we just we just make them these like idols and then we rip them down. And it doesn't necessarily mean the things that they do aren't appropriate. Like, yeah, things happen. We do stupid ass things. But at the same time, it's like we're so ready for them to fail and for us to just rip them apart that one one failure is like a total like... Well, see, I took it a little differently, spoilers, that she had been elevated to such a position where she got lost in her own like bullshit of her head. Well, yeah, I'm sure that And acted inappropriately. Well, yeah. But it's these definitely. conversations that make the movie so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the number one movie of the year, go ahead. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Indeed, it was. And yeah. we said we were going to watch it again, and I would like to. Okay. Before the Academy Awards, okay. which I will be watching. But, I mean, we've talked about this movie a lot on the podcast. It is just... I hope it takes everything at the Oscars. And I definitely hope Michelle Yao wins. Yeah, it's going to be between her and Kate Blanchett for Tom. No, no. Michelle Yao. 
She's fantastic. That movie is fantastic. I hope it sweeps everything. And I love that there's another movie that could potentially sweep the Oscars that so much of the like mainstream mass culture is like, that movie looks so ridiculous. I just, that just looks so ridiculous. Yeah. We live in a ridiculous world. Go see everything everywhere all at once if you haven't. If you've heard somebody say that, trust me, not them. I'm right, not them. And it's still right now the odds-on Oscar favorite to win. Another movie we watched recently on the show but did not make my top five was All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a German film, a retelling of that famous novel. It just won all of the BAFTAs, which are the British Oscars. Mm -hmm. It swept it. And while I think it's awesome, it's a great movie, it's a beautiful movie, it's a very bleak movie about war and the ignorance and futility of it, that being the case, it packs a big punch. But I just love the gleeful nonsense of everything everywhere all at once so much. If we're just generally talking about awesome movies, yeah, I actually, we watched Empire of Light. Empire of Light. I really liked that movie. Yeah. I liked it so much that I have been telling people about it. Right. It's Sam Mendes, the director who did American Beauty and yes. a lot of other great movies. Uh-huh. I don't think I reacted to it quite as strongly as you did. I saw a very flawed film, especially as it kept going. But I did like the setting, which is the entire movie takes place in a 1980s movie theater. But as I enjoyed I've dug the through the content of it as I've dug through the story. You asked like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it is just unfolded for me yeah. in this great way. Like he says kind of in the movie, what's the point or why, why does this happen? Why do these things happen? One of the main characters, it's a journey through us kind of looking at even through the theater and through visual and through the screen of what has occurred historically in this like me too movement kind of concept and like the relationships of women and sexuality and the oppressiveness of women and sexuality. And then on the other hand, racism, why, why do these things happen to these people? And it's this concept of we're growing upon each one of these adversities And that's been a part of the learning that I've been going through recently is that we're growing upon the adversities. When you look at humanity, why did anybody have to go through anything painful forever? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because that's how we evolve as humanity. That's how we adapt. That's the system that the powerful put in place. Well, no, that's the system that evolution put in place. That's the system that life put in place. Nature does the same thing. Everything evolves upon adversity. Everything grows because it comes into a point of friction and then has to make a shift or something changes. When we have these types of adversity that has occurred, we can then within co-resonance say, yeah, no, we're not going to do it like that. The why is there's no way we would have ever even been able to understand that had we not seen what was happening and then been able to adapt and change and evolve and say, yeah, we're not going to do it like that anymore. We're going to do it completely different. We can't even know that something is bad or we can't even label it as bad until we've been able to look at it and go, yeah, that's bad. We don't want that. We want a different way. And then we evolve in a different direction. And so as humanity during these lifetimes, we build upon each lifetime, we grow upon each lifetime. 
you saw the film part of it, the cinematic part of it. And I saw the story. I saw what the bigger picture of what they were trying to tell. And I don't want to tell you much more about it because then there's going to get into some spoilers in there. And the fact that they do it out of a theater so that it's like a play on our visual images of life and what has happened in these stories that we have told and the stories on history that we can look back on over and over again. I thought that was really interesting. It's been one of the ones that's been at my the top of my list of like talking to everybody about. Listen to and your what's level. the name of that actress that always Olivia wins? Coleman. Yeah, I'll watch she, anything she's in. She's nominated, right, for something from this movie? No. Oh no. Okay. Now listen to that level of film analysis. You have learned something from me. Oh, shut up. Unanswered <laughs> questions. Well, last week we nailed down the idea that salt is neither an herb. Or a spice. Rather, it is a mineral. And I was curious, are there any other minerals that we use in the kitchen, sprinkle onto food, add in the cooking process? Mm-hmm. No. Huh. Now, here is where I am with your entire autoimmune protocol journey. We did this during Whole30. We did this during gluten-free. We get past the, now, what are we doing? Yeah. And we get past the, what can we eat? What can we not eat? And then we get into... What do I substitute for this thing that I really love that I'm not allowed to have? Right. And that's where we are. And not substitute it with a bunch of fake stuff. No. But like, how do we make it with the clean, good stuff that we can substitute and make it with? You had found on Thrive, the online grocery store, an all-purpose seasoning, like a shake. Like, I called it Mrs. Dash, but AIP approved. A container of stuff that you can sprinkle on things as you cook. And I asked, well, what's in that? Yeah, because it's possible I can make it for myself. Prior to this, when I was just cooking free form, I could do anything I wanted to do. I've got this whole big spice rack available to me. And we can use anything we want to. Yeah. This contains Himalayan pink salt, garlic powder, onion powder, oregano, basil, and sage. Well, I could make that. Yes, you totally could. This is called AIP paleo powder, by the way. Okay. Then one came in the mail today via Thrive. Primal palate, it's called. Okay. It's probably the same exact things. <laughs> I probably just bought the exact same thing. Garlic, Himalayan pink salt, onion, oregano, thyme, and sage. A little bit different. All organic ingredients. Okay. So I'm going to st- I'm gonna make these myself mm-hmm. with my herbs that grow well this spring. Sure. And see what I can come up with and making some of my own AIP paleo powder herbs and salts and spices and things like that. Then we asked the question, if we're going to move toward being able to make you a pizza, Mm -hmm. is there such thing as AIP cheese, some kind of cheese substitute? You're not allowed to have dairy. Have you looked up the mozzarella, the AIP mozzarella? Well, when you Google AIP cheese substitute, AIP mozzarella is the first thing that comes up. I just came across this the other day and I was like, hmm, what's this? I'll just quickly list the ingredients. I won't get into how we make it, but let's make this. Okay. Salt, Yay, pizza. salt, olive oil, coconut milk, nutritional yeast, apple cider vinegar, tapioca starch. I'll have to buy that. That's cassava flour. I and mean. then gelatin. Mm-hmm. This is the first recipe I pulled up. I'll look at several different recipes before I attempt to make this thing. But yeah, we're going to make some mozzarella cheese. OMG. And then I found this really handy dandy article. Swaps for all kinds of dairy. So for butter, you can use coconut oil. Yeah, yeah. You I can use lard. My, um, sweet potato, baked sweet potatoes. For milk and cream, there is, of course, coconut milk, which we've used in a couple of soups. Mm-hmm. You can make your own. You can buy it in a can. But here are the swaps for cheese that are here. Nutritional yeast, like you mentioned before. But then you can make cheese from butternut squash, hmm. zucchini, cauliflower, uh-huh. 
and they're using the vegetable, right? The starch of that vegetable along with your tapioca flour, nutritional yeast, gelatin. Same kind of concept, just using different vegetables as the root of it. Right. We have already found some coconut yogurt with no sugar added that you've swapping out for yogurt. Yeah, I made myself a yogurt with some little coconut sprinkles and some blueberries and a shot of honey. Which, by the way, I have to say, we're going to get honey out of our hive this spring. The beekeeper came out today yeah. and he said one of our hives is doing well enough for it to be harvested some honey in the nearest future. It'll be probably several weeks from now. Very nice. But um, yeah, we're Imagine about Imagine have... the day where we get to taste our own honey. I am so excited because I want to know what my flowers taste like. I bet they taste delicious. Okay, now, I don't know if you saw the screen, but look at the bottom of this article. Ice A cream. AIP swaps for ice cream. <gasps> It is possible to eat ice cream while on AIP. It just involves making the ice cream using coconut cream instead of the traditional milk and cream. And there's oh, yeah. tw 21 recipes for me here. Click and begin delving into the ice cream. I've actually looked at the store several times. The problem I always run into is that they always have sugar in them. Yeah. So it's like coconut. Oh, yeah. I can, you know, coconut yogurt or avocado. Although I've been steering clear of avocado because I've found that I think avocado, which is one of the FODMAPs, is actually causing me a little bit of um, stomach irritation continued. So, but coconut, you could totally use that one. Give it a try. That'd be fun. My mom has an ice cream making machine, so let's do it. I mean, I want to dive right into the plantain stuff that we did this week. Mm-hmm. Made plantain chips, which is simply slicing a green plantain, coating it with avocado oil or olive oil, salt, garlic powder, and baking them in the oven until they're as crispy. I got to work on it because they didn't get quite as crispy as I want them to get. Plus, but... also, you need to make a few more because I ate them all, like, immediately. Well, like, like eating one banana, I, I bought ate three. Yeah, I bought three plantains, and then I wanted to try the plantain crackers. This is, in your food processor, taking your green plantains, coconut oil, salt, and garlic powder, mm -hmm. whipping it up until it's creamy like hummus. It looks like a hummus consistency. Yep. Putting it in the bottom of a baking pan, mm -hmm. about an eighth inch thick, and then baking that whole thing. After 10 minutes, you use your pizza slicer mm -hmm. and score it into the cracker shapes that That's you right. want. That's right. Put it back in the uh -huh. oven, then they start to shrink up, uh -huh. and then you just break it apart once it gets as crispy as you want it to. And they were like crunchy and good. It was, and I was like, there's some, it's, this is good, but there's something wrong with it. And I was like, I think this is bad oil. Well, coconut oil like comes that. in two forms, liquid like mm -hmm. olive oil or avocado mm -hmm. oil. And then also in, it looks like a short, it's like Crisco, but it's a solid coconut oil. I use the liquid. I need to use the salt. I just need to do that again. But you like crackers. You want to dip them in yeah. different things. We can do that. A little extra effort. But you know that every ingredient going into your body is natural. Well, and I'm getting a little bit braver and doing things in the kitchen. So like today, I made tiger nut butter. And I had said on my live that it was like over $10. You told me it was $24 for eight ounces of tiger nut butter. Oh, yeah. Ordered on Amazon in a single package eight ounces of this tiger nut butter, a, an expensive, super sweet treat. And then when he got it home, I ate it in like a week. Mm -hmm. And it's nut butter for people that can't eat nuts. Right. Tiger nuts are actually a root, okay? Which I'm curious about this so much that I want to see if I can grow it. Like, can I grow this root? Because okay. I can grow a lot of roots around here. Let me see what I can do. Anyway, I bought the tiger nuts at Natural Grocers. Okay. I whipped that up in... The Vitamix, which makes a flour. You can actually buy tiger nut flour, okay. so you don't have to do the whipping. Then I put in coconut oil to make this eight ounce container that costs $24. One cup of tiger nuts, 
a half a cup of coconut oil, and then I sprinkled a little bit of cinnamon in there, and I made my own tiger nut butter. And what are you doing with the tiger nut butter? So think like apples dipped in almond butter or bananas with butter drizzled over the top of them. If you want to add to it a little bit of carob sprinkled on top. So it's kind of a sweet dessert. Yeah, I thought you'd say you come in at night now with these platters of mm-hmm. fruits covered and drizzled in tiger nut From butter. And I'm like, okay, I'll take a little bit of that. Carob smoothies to tiger nut butter, apples and bananas. It's really good, you guys. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm not gaining any weight. I'm staying at that same level, but I feel super healthy. I feel way more, like my mind is way more clear. I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good. I'm happy about it. And we're just really getting started doing this and looking at what the different alternatives and substitutions for fun foods are. Spaghetti. We need some spaghetti up in this house. Well, last do you week, do spaghetti? I said, I'm coming back this week having made no tomato sauce. It was so good, you guys. It was so good. It makes me feel like life is okay. As part of the AIP diet, you can't have nightshades, mm-hmm. tomatoes, When you eggplant. first get this list, you just think there's literally, how do you even make food mm. without nightshades? How do you make food without eggs? What do you eat? Think about making a big pot of spaghetti sauce. What are you going to need? Garlic, onion. Some kind of pork or beef, if you want to do that. We mm-hmm. did here. This is a classic tomato meat sauce. But you think, I mean, you might think that you would put like some carrots. If you look at like a really good sure, like I always meat did. sauce, tomato sauce, a chunky it's going to have yeah, some carrots. Mm-hmm. It's going to have lots of onion and garlic. But it's going to have some stuff in it. Italian seasoning, mm-hmm. basil, yeah. maybe some red wine vinegar. The mm-hmm. things you'd find, right, mm-hmm. in a tomato mm-hmm. sauce. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to find tomatoes. And when you make a tomato sauce, anyone that has knows that that's the primary ingredient. Mm-hmm. A couple cans of those crushed tomatoes, or maybe you blanch and peel a bunch of fresh tomatoes. No tomatoes. So what do you do instead? The bulk of this sauce, besides the meat and everything else I've already listed, are carrots. Grated in the food processor. That's not going to be a red tomato sauce. So how do you make it red? Beets. Yeah. This is how you trick your kids into not even realizing they're not eating any tomatoes. In addition (laughs) to all of that, you're going to need a cup of butternut squash puree. So I put a butternut squash that we already had into the Instant Pot, made it into a puree. Nutritional yeast, lemon juice. Now you do your onion and garlic the way that you normally would. Then you add those grated carrots, your broth, and you simmer it until the carrots are completely cooked. Now, you can use canned beets. I didn't have canned beets. I used fresh beets. So I put those in here at the beginning as well so that they would get cooked. I like fresh. Then once those vegetables are simmering, you're going to brown your ground pork. Now, we just skinned a whole pig and ground up 15 pounds of pork. So I've got plenty of ground pork. You're going to brown that, set it aside. When the carrots are soft, I take my immersion blender and I... Until it was all nice and smooth. Then add your meat... Add your Italian seasoning, add your nutritional yeast. I've already added the red wine vinegar and the butternut squash puree. Now, even in your head, that may not sound Mm -hmm. like anything that's going to resemble a marinara, Mm -hmm. but it did. It's so good, you guys. It was delicious. Yeah. Now, someone told me because I brought those out because on Mondays I share food and, you know, I encourage people to bring their own BYO, right, for the Monday lunches that are at noon every Monday. But I also bring out things. So I brought out some of the pulled pork that you had made, Mm -hmm. all AIP approved, which we're wrapping those up in coconut wraps and we're putting 
pickled okra and pickled onion down inside of that and having these delicious bites of pulled pork. But then in addition to that, I went ahead and pulled out the pasta and put some of the sauce on it and let those ladies taste it. And one of the ladies like, oh, this is really good. It's a little bit sweet. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's got the squash in it. So that might've made it a little bit sweet. I like mine. I added a little more salt to mine than you, you might have. That might okay, have I can made, pull a, back that puree. made a di- difference. No, I don't know that it was bad. I just mm-hmm. think that like, cause I, I like the sweetness a little bit, yeah. you know, I thought it was fantastic. And not only did we eat it there, but we got one of those things that I've been spending a lot of time talking about with this AIP thing as we talked about it last week, is being, you know, left out or not getting to go and participate in things where food is kind of the center yeah. of attention. And your best friend was celebrating his birthday. Yeah. And so they invited us out yeah. to um, yeah. their place in Port Aransas. I texted him. I was like, okay, listen, <laughs> a point of anxiety in your invitation, because yes, of course, you're in town from out of town. I want to celebrate your birthday with you, but this is going on in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And I just need to say it up top. Anything you want to cook, we can't eat. What are you talking about? Doing this thing, very restrictive. However, mm-hmm. I'm learning all kinds of amazing dishes and substitutions. So why don't y'all order for your family anything that you want? I'll join you in that, but mm-hmm. I'll take care of Aislinn's dinner. Mm-hmm. But I brought over enough stuff to make a huge delicious salad filled yes. with a lot of things that you grew. From the garden. That's yep. fun. Mm-hmm. And this leftover tomato sauce yeah. and another box of the AIP approved pasta that I'm telling you, if you're using boxed pasta, jovial, grain free, it's the way to go. Well, I was just gonna say, it's very difficult to tell a difference between it and a box of Skinner pasta. It's really good. And we were able to eat that on the side of the pizza that they got. Mm-hmm. I had I had enjoyed it, a nice slice of pizza that night, but on the side And I'm having this spaghetti. awesome big plate of spaghetti, yeah. right? feeling so satisfied and kind now, of excited with, that we're talking about it. Sure. You know? Now with your best friend, they're going to excuse whatever. Mm-hmm. But I could see though, anyone else that wants to get involved in this, or anyone else that believes that they need to get involved in this for their own health and well-being, if they have that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. It's challenging. But we liked it and it was nice to be able to share it the food like we let other people taste it and they liked it and we left them some so that they could eat on it a little mm-hmm. bit well they asked for it can we pe- yeah hold a little back for us yeah so part of me getting a lot of feedback from a lot of people tells me that there's a lot more people interested in this without a doubt it's actually kind of surprising to me like how many people are you know yeah we we'd like to know a little bit more especially as we're coming across good food i mean we're telling you you don't have to eat cardboard and brown lettuce there's a there's going to be a little bit of shift in your taste buds when you and there's going to be a little shift in your cravings when you cut sugar and alcohol and some of the things out of your diet but take it slow too you mm-hmm. know like give yourself a chance to get used to how things taste and how things are different and if you're afraid of a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruits well you're going to have a ch- if you're afraid of meat you're going to have a bit of a challenge here and you're going to have to make some decisions But if you're not really afraid of different kinds of meat, and if you're not really afraid of different kinds of fruits and vegetables, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not afraid of those things, then I promise you, you're going to be able to find some really good stuff. One of the things that has been an interesting conversation in a lot of the conversation groups we've been talking about is the idea that generally speaking, we're we're nutrient deficient. Part of some of the issues, not just the 
dysbiosis or the leaky gut setting off autoimmune issues or that we're having autoimmune issues for whatever reason we're having them. Mm -hmm. This idea that we're not processing foods correctly, we're not getting the nutrients that we need, we're lacking nutrients, our children are lacking nutrients, and then finding that like even the vegetables we're eating are either high in certain types of poisons and things like that in their makeup or low in the proteins that they need. The conversation about the chickens and the feed and all of that is really about protein. You know, it's about making sure they have enough protein and where do chickens get their protein from? If they're only fed from a bag, well, they're getting it out of the plants. And if the plants don't have enough protein or an occasional grub, well, yeah, but I mean, in terms of if they're only eating the bag, if they're only eating the processed foods, that's the only place they can get their protein from. It's coming from a plant. That's where they're sourcing the protein that then makes them the sure. protein that they can that you can eat them or you can eat their eggs mm-hmm. and they've got enough protein to make eggs or to give you protein. And so one of the big conversations in this autoimmune has been about nutrient-dense foods. Right. And part of the reason why a lot of people switched, especially folks that were dealing with different kinds of you know, cancer and autoimmune issues and other types of issues, especially with their children, their babies and wanting to make the, you know, pregnant women, you know, making sure that pregnant women were getting enough nutrients and stuff right. is part of the reason why the farmer's market yeah. became a yeah. popular I thing. I could see how pregnancy would be the first time that some adult would even think about the nutrition that they're putting in their body because mm-hmm. now they're trying to think about mm-hmm. They have two goals now. And there's things that cause lack in nutrients in vegetables, which is, you know, how your vegetables are grown, what type of nutrient-dense soil, is the, is the soil nutrient-dense? You know, and it does matter how far have they traveled, how far has it, this is that ongoing conversation of distribution, how far has something traveled to get to you, right? How processed is it? A carrot straight out of an organic farm right there in your city's pulls right out of the ground, comes home, you wash it off and you eat it, it's going to have a lot more nutrients than a carrot grown in Guatemala and then stored at the farm for two weeks and then shipped for a month and then stored in the back of the grocery store for another month and then stored in the shelf on the shelf for another week and then stored in your refrigerator from a week to a month it decreases in nutrients every single time. So the conversation about nutrient density is essential because you're going out there eating all this food, trying to get nutrients, and you might not even still be getting the nutrients that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important either way to get a better understanding of what plants, what sources are where you can get some of the nutrients that you might be lacking. This also gets me thinking about the idea of doing the testing, which we've talked about on past episodes where you can... You looked up one time in an unanswered question, like a company where you can send off and have tests done on your body. For all kinds of different things. So you could have a test to know, like, do I have high levels of vitamin A? Vitamin D is the one everyone's always talking about. Vitamin K, vitamin E, vitamin C. That's the one that makes your, you know, helps your immune system be stronger. Vitamin B is a really essential one that everyone's talking about these.
these days. And it's B1, B2, B3, all the Bs, B12, you know, whatever. Calcium, of course, copper, iodine, iron, magnesium, manganese, all different kinds of things that you have heard. You know, if you're dealing with different kinds of autoimmune issues, sometimes the lack in some of these things can be some of the reasons why your body's immune system is acting the way it is. Maybe you're feeling really a lot of tension and a lot of stress. That can be because you're low in magnesium. Uh, selenium is definitely one of the ones that you deal with when you're dealing with thyroid issues. Potassium, you get cramps in your legs. You get yeah. different Eat kinds a banana. of... banana. Yes, right. exactly. So like selenium was one for me. Selenium is something that I take. You found uh, yourself to be deficient in it and needed a little... It's it's highly likely. Supplement. Yeah. Yes, and it's highly likely. Now, there's other things. It could be iodine. There's other things. It could be manganese. There could be, but mine seemed to be selenium. Seemed okay. to want to be the one that it was the most effective for me. On this list that I have here, it comes in like three levels. Highest source, good source, fair source. Well, highest source says anchovies. Hmm. Good source has sardines on it, which by the way, okay. I'm ha- we haven't tried the sardines no. that we got. No. Let's My do intention that was to open a can of sardines uh-huh. that were all wild caught. Uh-huh. Get two pieces of toasted bread. You wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Slap it on there and eat it like a sandwich. Okay, well, can we just eat some and just taste them and like maybe they'll give me some more selenium? How did the sardines taste? (laughs) But other things that are high sources of selenium are beef kidney. Okay. Kidney. Pork kidney, lamb kidney, oysters. I've been eating a lot of oysters lately. Lobster. You should definitely buy me some lobster. Yeah, we should just go get a couple Mm -hmm. lobsters. Mm -hmm. Got it. You should, definitely. Tuna. I eat a lot of tuna and I I have cans of tuna in there if I'm ever lacking. I haven't been really lacking much because you've been cooking so much lately. Mm. Bass, cod, chicken liver, crab, haddock, mackerel. So lots of things from the sea. Salmon. I eat a lot of salmon. Sardines, like I mentioned. Shrimp, snapper, squid, swordfish, tilapia. Tilapia? What? And then over here on the fair source, a bunch of other like meat type things, lamb, turkey, but it also has on here garlic, which I thought that was interesting. Oh my God, you should be fine then. <laughs> I eat a lot of garlic. We eat a lot of garlic. I do, I, I love do, garlic. it's true. Potassium, of course, banana, like you said, beet greens, I'm eating those in my smoothies. Dates, I'm eating a lot of those. Hold on, you're eating a lot more beets on this diet because you yes. said that your naturopath said yes. you needed Specific more beets. to me, yes. So that means I'm cutting the greens off, putting them back in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and I think they're finding your way into all your smoothies. smoothies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dates, I'm eating a lot of those. Durian, no, dates we're not the, eating Dates that. are the best. Dates are the best. They're very good. Durian's that stinky fruit, right? I think so. I haven't had that yet. I've never had that. I haven't we tried could, it. We could, we could go to the Asian market and buy us a durian. Well, let's, let's eat the sardines for now. <laughs> Uh, plantains, of course, prunes. I did buy a little container of apricots, plums, prunes. I don't even know, a few different things. And I tried to eat one, but they were kind of slimy. So instead what I've been doing is throwing them into my smoothies and that sweetens up my smoothies a little bit. Spinach, raisins, taro, and yams. So that's going to be like your sweet potatoes. And then there's other things. Like if you look at this list of fair source is got, you know, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, carrots, cauliflower, and then on the good source, like tuna, more sardines, Are we kale. still on selenium? No, this is potassium. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Let's look at another one, vitamin D. That's oh, one everybody sure. talks about. Go get the sunshine, right? That's the number one highest source. Make sure you get your sunshine. And everybody I've talked to about this is like, 
there's no way that the average person can get enough vitamin D just by spending time outside. Especially, Especially not with our lifestyles. Exactly. Most people don't spend enough time outside. You know, even me, I cover a lot of my body up because of I'm down in the dirt. And yeah, I, and you're out I, there for a long period of time. Exactly. So I'm just getting sun like in my arms and on my face. And you need to make sure that you're getting it from other places too. And of course, you know, take some time to really get some sunshine, lay out in the sun, you know, stuff like that. But that is literally the only highest source of vitamin D is oh, the sunshine. Oh, interesting. Shows you how important actual sunshine is. Shows you how important it is to not keep yourself covered all of the time that you need sunshine. Well, just be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what I know about vitamin D. Milk should be on there somewhere. That's added vitamin D. And oh, you they're can adding never... vitamin D to milk. No. I see. Mm-mm. You could eat it in your catfish caviar, fish liver, herring, oysters, pastured pork fat, sardines, shrimp. Uh, so lots of fish, it looks like. Things that get fish. Naturally have vitamin D. Let's see. Vitamin C, that's another big one that a lot of people talk about. Now, if you're eating broccoli, Brussels sprouts, blackberries, cantaloupe, and kale, you're getting a lot of vitamin C. That's high sources of vitamin C. Um, you also can get vitamin C from apples and beef spleen and beef thymus. If you're eating, so eating all the offal, the glands, of the, yeah. yeah. If you eat all of all of the animal parts, then you're going to be getting a lot more of these nutrients that you need. Uh, it's a reminder that at our farmers market, one of the meat vendors does have an awful O F F A L mm-hmm. added ground beef. It's ground beef. Yeah, that's right. But they added a little bit of the awful to have it. you bought some of that recently uh no i think Let's he hasn't that. had it but let me let me ask him next time i see him that's a good point that's Our friends um, over at turkey, turkey hollow. hollow yeah they're yeah great. and the reason they started doing that is because some of the moms in like the yeah, leche league moms, or yeah. homeschool moms that were talking about needing to get more of that in that's a good way to do it and if you look at these lists this is the reason why of course oranges are good in vitamin c as well strawberries plantains you know uh let's see uh, milk well here's the interesting thing Milk, dairy is not on this list. Of course Because not. this is the autoimmune protocol I'm list. I'm with you. Right? So dairy, eggs, things like that that might be high sources for other people. They're that not on the list that you're They're not going to be on this list that I'm looking at. I've got at. such a hippie concept rallying around in my brain right now. Uh-huh. Okay. I remember when you said that you went to Kauai, mm-hmm. there were feral chickens. Yes. And I'm sure that some of those feral chickens found their way to a neighborhood where they get fed. Yes. But feral, feral chickens or feral, feral animals are let loose on this earth. Uh-huh. And the earth provides to them yes. everything that they need. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's making me think of a conversation we just had with your parents. After our crawfish boil last week that we talked about where you and I grabbed some crawfish from the bag and boiled it a different way than the typical crawfish boil that your parents do, which is using a store-bought crawfish seasoning. Mm-hmm. Every time I've ever had a crawfish boil with you at a restaurant or here, mm-hmm. that's what we eat. Well, after, I guess, maybe your parents saw us do what we did, someone over there turned the package around and looked at the ingredients. So yesterday morning... when Well, mom listened to the podcast and heard us specifically talking about it. And so I think she wanted to investigate. Like, okay, well, let me look at my package. Right. So she turned that package over and saw monosodium glutamate in the powder. Uh And then your dad turned the... Which causes me to have migraine headaches, which I was still having migraine headaches. And it couldn't be just that. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it's in other places that I'm eating it too, but it's definitely a trigger. Right. And then your dad turned the liquid boil that he uses around and saw all kinds of stuff in there that he didn't like mm-hmm. if, if almost you're surprised yeah. if you're thinking yeah, he said they must have changed this yeah and yeah. they probably have yeah. found some cheaper way to give it to you 
forget that you can't have nightshades and you can't have nuts right now. You're going to introduce those things back into your diet after an appropriate amount of time where you've gotten them out and your gut heals itself because these... Well, I'm going to see what's best for right. my body. So some things will work, some things won't work, some but, things but, I'll have to exclude that I never consider excluding. But minimally, minimally, what if it's just when I turn the package over and there's all these chemical names like monosodium glutamate, benzoate, blah, blah, blah. These things that we've brought up every once in a while in unanswered questions because we come across them when we're looking at an ingredient package and it's always this bullshitty, no real answer as to whether or not that thing is good for you. Because ultimately the FDA has said it's good enough or natural flavors, Mm -hmm. meaning there's a proprietary notion that KFC doesn't want to tell you what's in their 23 herbs and spices. So they just get to say natural flavors, but within natural flavors means things that they don't exactly have to tell you. I'm not picking on KFC. I'm just using them because they, why, what if for 30 days, if you can't tell me what you've put in your food, then I don't want any understood. But what if for 30 days, you just didn't want to eat that chemical stuff? Just that, just that. Yeah. It's... That's difficult to argue with. However, we do argue with it because... It's almost impossible. It's, it's so hard. hard to do. It's so hard. And you're also it addicted to... It is ubiquitously to... present in everything offered to us to eat. Why do people put monosodium glutamate and stuff? Because it's got a craving. Like it actually... It's a food enhancer it's that... It's a food enhancer. Triggers it actually like caused... your cocaine brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's why you want it. It tastes so good. I have to have it. I found out some of my favorite chips that I was eating that were causing me to be really sick back in the day when I first started like yeah. looking into this stuff had monosodium glutamate on it. I'm like, no wonder they're so good. And no wonder they make oh, me feel those so Oh, those Julio's sick. ones. Yeah, 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 totally, man. So getting back to the hippie crunchy part, everything we need to eat, the earth provides for us. Mm-hmm. Then we enhance it, air quotes, mm-hmm. for ease of distribution. Ease of distribution. Shelf stability. Cheaper ingredients. Or because of the shelf stability they were trying to create, they were actually making people sick. And so then in order to make it shelf stable, they had to pasteurize the shit out of it. Like basically scald all of the real Taking all the nutrients out that you sure. think you're drinking. And then they have eating. to add the nutrients back into it again, which now it's literally not food the anymore. Thing, yeah. It's not even food. If you look at the cellular makeup or the makeup of how the stuff comes together, it's not even food anymore. And I guess that's like the... Moral of the story is that what we've been talking about now for a good long while, systems and how the systems are Mm -hmm. broken, is that the food system in just these journeys that we've done in the last six, eight months, Mm -hmm. Whole30, your gluten-free journey, Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. it's talking about ultimately a broken food system. And no one wants to hear that because to solve it, seems impossible and to solve it at the personal level seems impossible or expensive or it's a weird little catch 22 that i don't i don't get behind this to solve it at a personal level is impossible like i just don't i know that you don't that's what we're talking about today is that we're finding the substitutions to make the diet as rich and fun and beautiful and vibrant and healthy as possible here at our home what i'm saying is is that what can i do I can take care of me. That's it. I can take care of now to the point of seriously looking at the idea that we can't grow enough grain 
to feed 7.9 billion people if we don't use glyphosate. That you can either, we can either die fast or we can die slow. So die can, fast, we starve because the grain's not there. Right. Die slow because we're ingesting gl- glyphosate for so long that that's killing us. Correct. Got you. So what I can do is look at my life and go, what can I do to make today great? It's all the things I'm talking about. It's the going out to the free farm and visiting a farm and a woman that is willing to talk to your kids about awesome things and enjoy the day and get the vitamin D and walk around and get some exercise. And then she's going to hand me some sweet potatoes that are good for me. And I can try out some new recipe that I've heard my friends on a podcast talk about, or I can, you know, no, we can't do everything. And the, oh, you got to bite one elephant, one bite of the elephant at a time. Yeah. And this whole like hippie crunchy thing, this is a great point of conversation because the crunchy world is starting to be too oppressive. Every bottle you drink out of every, da, 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 the fact of the matter is, is that since world war one, the federal government has been allowing us to be poisoned. And it gets progressively more with every day of engineering that goes by with more improvements of what things are made convenient for us. And consolidation of power over the food system by fewer and fewer larger, larger companies. But everything, like all the poisons that are allowed, all the different types of plastic bottling, all the plastic containers that everything is wrapped in, all of the... We don't even know all the things that are happening. And that's part of the concern with this, like, I've got to do everything perfect. You can't. You can't do everything perfect. There's no way that you can avoid poison in the food that you're eating. And you can avoid and you can avoid and you can avoid. You can't. You can't. You can't. Because you know what you're going to do instead? You're going to make yourself sick. You know how you're going to make yourself sick? From stress. Fear has the ability to either... Create a sense of I can boundary myself off and live out a long, miserable quality of life where I don't do anything beautiful and I still have to deal with adversity and pain because you're not going to stop that from happening. It's going to happen. Or you can do the best that you can today. Be grateful for all the adversities that are coming into the world and all the things that you're learning and all the people you're sharing with and make the steps today that you can do today. And when you get to the point where you know without a doubt, you hear that voice of discernment, the wisdom, the voice of, I'm going to call it what I call it. The Holy Spirit is speaking in your ear and telling you today's the day that you're going to give up sugar. Then you're going to give up sugar. Because there's no way, even three years ago, when this whole thing started with for me, would I have ever said that I'd be where I am today, where I'm like, I eat sweet things. I eat fruits. I eat tiger nut butter. I eat sweet things, but I do not consume sugar, 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 sugar. I don't drink alcohol. I'm switching off of all different types of other things with this diet. And Maybe I'll be able to introduce some of the other things back. But once I made the decision and once I knew it was time and once I knew there was no going back for me, I feel like you guys, I feel like I was facing, are you going to live another day like this? And I didn't want to, I didn't want to live another day like that. And so if I have to look at it and go die fast or die slow, I'd rather die fast. That's who I am as a person. And that's what I can talk about. And that's what I can share But I can't live in this 
crunchy, afraid of everything, like stop doing everything world. I can't, I have to do the best that I can with today and what's available to me today. And what happened with this situation, you would think that maybe that it would make me have, you know, sadness and depression because I'm not getting to eat all. I mean, actually the first night that this really started coming up and we were asked to go to dinner with our friends to Bellino's. And I was like grumpy the whole way there. I was griping, complaining about how bad it was going to have to be to go to a restaurant. And what was I even going to eat? And then I was, no, 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 no. I can stay in that space and feel miserable about this life. Or I can go, let me just try this and let me see how it makes me feel. And the fact that I've discovered it... Is it going to make me feel worse than the way I already do? Yeah, I already felt horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I already felt like I didn't want to live another day. So what I did was look at it in a different way, start gaining the empowerment, which is what works for me. That's a good thing for me. It might be different for everybody else. What can I do to help other people? I think it's so telling that so many people, like I say, are approaching us to say... I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. But the path to how to do it is yeah. so scary. I get it. It's all right. We're going to yeah. figure it out together. We're going to figure it out together. There's a re I feel like there's a reason that I've dealt with the kind of health crisis as I've dealt in my life. And I believe that there's a reason we're all dealing with what we're dealing with today. I believe there's a reason the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. I believe that adversity happens so that we can understand that that is life. And we can learn what is it that we're supposed to learn from this. And let's get better. Let's get even greater. Let's get even more aligned with the greatness of all that ever was. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? If you had to, would you rather live in a boat, a treehouse, an igloo, or a teepee? A boat... A treehouse, tree house, an, an ig igloo, or a teepee. Mm -hmm. Now eliminate them one at a time. Which one would you least want to do? A boat. An igloo for me. I don't want to live in oh, a yeah. cold. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, igloo is number one for me. I forgot about the igloo. Okay, so okay, then... See, that's how little I care about the igloo. I do not even want to live in an boat, igloo. Boat, treehouse, teepee. It would be no igloo, no boat, no treehouse, teepee. Because teepee is like to the ground, mm -hmm. warm, if it gets really windy, I can take it down and then I can put it back up again. You know, I think teepee's the way to go. Boat for me. Because then you have a boat. Yeah, but... And then you can sail away to somewhere new and that can be your house for a little while. Well, yeah, but like what if the waters are rough and all that? I'm thinking of like my last place on the planet. I have one house to choose. I'm choosing the one that's going to save my life. I didn't expect you to be such a my boat's half full of water kind of person. I'm not. My teepee is warm and awesome. Well, my boat's got air conditioning I'm and gonna, heating. I'm going to pick my teepee up. Yeah, there's no electricity or gasoline. Where are you going to go in that boat? I'm going to roll my teepee up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to find another forest where I can burn some wood and I've got... Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm using a teepee. I'll let you have your teepee on my boat. Do you think in The Last of Us, if they got on a boat and like went out into the ocean, that those like there's people out in the ocean somewhere that are like No, fine? no, they'd be fine on a boat with Last of Us. Right. Why haven't so they talked think, about that yet? So why, yeah, I'm like, aren't there some people on a boat out there? Yeah, there's some island that's... has got to be in season two. Okay. Uh-huh. I'll let you have your teepee on my boat.
Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. (laughs)